Welcome to the Stuff and Things Podcast. Your home for all stuff related to your favorite things in entertainment. Now, here are your hosts. Dramatic ass music can mean only one thing. We are back here on the Stuff and Flangs podcast talking about the Ahsoka series, episode 4. I am Sam, joining me to go off into the realms of the Force. It's my partner in crime, it's Stefan. Hello there. How you doing, mate? I am good, mate. How are you? That's a blatant lie. Try again. I am shattered. Absolutely <laughs> exhausted. I have a young child of only eight and a half months old who has decided that her new favourite game is Sleep is for the Week. Yeah. Yeah, well, I I mean, it's possibly the weather because the the weather is (laughs) gross. Um, So we're here in the UK. um, We kind of survived. This year's summer was a bit of a washout. (laughs) Um, And also, compared temperature wise to the last, I think I saw the last 10 years anyway, we we basically got above 30 degrees centigrade once, which the last few years, I mean, we've even hit 40 in this country, which has been insane. So I think everyone here kind of went. Oh, summer's been a bit crap, but at the same time, I'm kind of glad we didn't get any of those mad heat waves. And then, as we all collectively went, right, September it is. Uh, September went, yeah, you're going to have a heat wave. Pretty much. And it and it just feels worse. Like, like, we've not been conditioned to it this year. Like, it's just come out of nowhere and just slapping us all around and no one's sleeping. Everyone looks grumpy. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty yeah. Much. Happy days. It sucks. Um, I, I love the heat. Like, I'm the opposite. You hate the heat. I love the heat. Yeah. I, I prefer hot weather to cold weather. But September? September's not meant to be heat wave weather. Like, I yeah. was getting ready. We've got like one of those little silly pop-up pool things in the garden for the kids. Yeah. And normally, about now is when I'm starting to empty it and put it all down away for winter. Yeah. And now the kids like are finishing school. Quick out of the pool! I'm like, no, it's September. What's wrong with you? Well, I'd say <laughs> yes, regardless of what the date says, because wow, it's cooking. Yeah, I'm, I'm in uh, it myself. <laughs> but but anyway, um, yeah, it's Ahsoka episode four. The title of the episode was "Fallen Jedi." Did you notice yesterday in the UK? Anyway, I don't know if this was the same around the world. Disney Plus for the first time didn't have the title of the episode. From practically most of the day. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah, um, it just came up as part four, and stayed as part four for practically eight nine hours. IMDb obviously didn't update, and then yeah. Fallen Jedi. And I did wonder if perhaps they didn't want to give the title straight away in case everyone sort of had a. <gasps> I wonder if it's going to be. They would have been right, but yeah, try not to give it away well, too much. They'd, makes sense. they'd have been right for five seconds, but yeah. Yes. Uh, but anyway, yes, we got the episode to talk about. Um, we've had three episodes up to date, which I think we both agree we've enjoyed. Um, 
for me, I felt the show is uh, telling nice little stories in an overarching story, which is moving at a rapid pace, episode to episode. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm really enjoying it. We go into episode four. Um, before we get dive into the details, I was wondering if I could get your opinion or whether you've seen this as well. I kind of felt there was a universal love for this, but. Uh, I was wrong, <laughs> like like oh. so often with Star Wars. Um, actually, no, there was not a universal love. And once I kind of scratched the surface of of a few comments, I thought, "Oh, that's that's a bit strange." You know, you know I've not seen anyone have that take. Um, yeah, th- th- there is a an abundance of people with the opinion that Ahsoka has been ruined. Um, you know, she's not the character from animation, da 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 Um, now my point of view on this, I think I said this on the podcast before, is we're seeing an older version of that character. Like, she is not going to move the same way she did with she when she was a teenager. No. Etc. And and the, the argument I got back from someone quite passionately was, she's a Jedi. And I was like, yeah, but Jedi's get older, their fighting styles change, etc. It's like, so you're telling me, you know, the older the Jedi, you know, the more decrepit the fighting style. I kind of got tricked here. Because uh, I then got pointed out that Yoda, at 600, 700 years old, was bouncing around like, a, you know, a gumball taking people out. And I was like, okay, all right, fair point. And that was because of his ability with the Force. Dude was walking around with a walking stick. Other than that, yeah, but Yoda's Yoda. Like you can't, you can't make comparisons to Yoda. But then at the same time, <laughs> someone said, you know, in this episode, episode four, there is a confrontation um, between an older gentleman Jedi and Ahsoka, mm-hmm. and it's like, well, he wins. You know, this is Ahsoka. Ahsoka took out Darth Maul, age like eighteen. Yeah. What the hell? Um. And I kind of—it's not that I kind of conceded the point on it. I just sort of went, "Yeah, I do actually understand where that point's coming from." Then, okay, it's not coming from a point of "oh, I just don't like it." <laughs> it's coming from an actual constructive point of view of this doesn't seem to fit because of this. Which, I, like, even if I disagree, I, at least I can understand the point if that makes sense. Because a lot of the time, it's like you're making—you're just making noise. Yeah, oh, I just don't like it, so I'm going to criticise it. Whereas actually, this one yeah, does yeah. seem to have had a thought process it's behind like, it. Yeah. It's like the the lasers are a different shade of green now. Don't like it. Yeah, <laughs> it's not. It's not like that. It's it's this is an actual. Just people have looked at it and gone like, I love this character from animation. I love the snippets we've had in live action so far. However, now we're getting more. It's like, well, this isn't the same character. This is someone completely different. Now. I've got a little bit of a take on this, and then and then I'll bring you in on it. Yeah. And my take is is that we're seeing Ahsoka. Ahsoka as a teenager was very much Anakin's Padawan, very much following his teachings, his his learnings, his kind of. And he was a a, a very aggressive, um, <clears throat> you know, a very very aggressive kind of person. Yeah. That's gonna, that's gonna obviously fade into his his teaching. So therefore, uh, as a teenager, you'd expect her to be very aggressive, following him, I guess. 
Well, you you that's the, her fighting style, the way she moved, everything was kind of very much like Anakin. Yeah. And as she's got older, she realized Anakin went to the dark side and became Vader. So yeah. if that was your style, that was your fighting, that was the way you you were, you're going to kind of try and steer away from that for a little bit of fear, aren't you? You know, you're going to have that little bit of, oh, wow, you know, my master, who I loved and trusted, respected, has become the personification of all that is evil in the galaxy. Yeah. I maybe ought to try and drop a few of the lessons he gave me, you know? Yeah, maybe I don't want to quite follow in those footsteps. Yeah. And now the way I look at her, the way she's acting now, it reminds me more of Obi-Wan. If you think of the way Obi-Wan is in the Clone Wars, he's older, he's more, you know, calm about everything. Like, why are you running, Anakin? Let's just walk, you know, everything. Chill the f*** out, guys. We're fine. Yeah. Um, And everything's methodical. Everything's thought about. Everything's kind of sort of slowed down. The old sort of samurai, so to speak. Uh, she's like that. She is thinking about everything. She is trying to take her time. She is just... And the way she fights now is more Obi-Wan. Older Obi-Wan. And yeah. I I do wonder if in my head that's what we've got. Now, of course, we've got this meeting of the two coming up. And I did think to myself a little while ago, it would make more sense that she's struggling to train Sabine because she's not connecting with Sabine, because she's not that, you know, not that Ahsoka anymore. Maybe to connect and to train Sabine, she needs to channel Anakin a little bit more. Um, mm -hmm. But anyway, so, so that's my thoughts. That's why I think the character... Now, for me personally, that's why it's really working for me, because that's how yeah. I see it. Um, what what about yourself? I mean, do you, do you agree with the criticism or do you think it's valid and how do you think it's playing out? Okay, so as the listeners know and as you know, I haven't seen Rebels and I know she features in Rebels as a, she does. As a grown up, well, a more grown up version yeah. of Ahsoka. And I haven't seen Clone Wars all the way through, although I'm still trying to get my way there. So, but for me... The, the reason this character's working is... Uh, Alright, let me, let me reference it back to like football or something. So, you've got Ahsoka, who is an academy player at Real Madrid. Biggest club in the world. And as a teenager, she walks away from it completely. Just to be clear, you're making a soccer reference to the thousands of American listeners we have. I, that's why I chose Real Madrid. I thought that was a fairly globally known... One of the biggest clubs in the world. <laughs> Yeah, Star Wars fans known for their sporting parlance. Yes, continue. Yeah. But you are at the best club in the world as a teenager. You then walk yeah. away from that club and you're not really associated with any football club again. And then as someone in their late 20s, you go and run around the football pitch. You're <laughs> going to be rusty. You're not going to be the same as you were as a teenager. So, like, for me, I'm kind of watching Ahsoka, and I'm like, well, yeah, you've had 10, 15-odd years of none of that training, no yeah. guidance from another Jedi, etc. If she was exactly the same as she was as a teenager, for me, that would make absolutely no sense, because she's had 
10 to 15 years of no training and guidance. Okay. So that's kind of how it, it, it works for me. Like she, I, Again, I could be wrong. It could be something in Rebels I've missed completely. But from my point of view watching it, I'm like, yeah, of course she's not as energetic and leaping and doing stuff she was doing as a teenager. Because number one, there's a lot of things I did as a, a young teenager that I cannot do at 32. Yeah. And secondly, yeah, she's been all this time without a master, a guide, uh, and training and stuff. So yeah, for me, for me, it makes sense. Yeah. Okay, uh, that's all right. That works. Um, <clears throat> so let's dive into the episode. Then I'm going to break it down into little sections. The first section I'm going to talk about is General Hera um, being a rebel, um, always a rebel. She says. Yes. Uh, she's not going to sit on her hands, sit on her ass, and let her friend take all the risk. So she gathers up a squadron of like-minded f- fellas, including Captain Carson, yeah, rocking up again. Uh, so that's cameos in The Mandalorian, um, Boba Fett, and now Ahsoka, doing well. This guy is um, like the ultimate cameo guy. He's what's holding the galaxy together. This guy's Clearly, cameos. clearly he is. Um, and... Uh, there's something about Star Wars I always loved as a kid and I love still as an adult is the the, the ships, the space, the design of it, the look, the aesthetic. Yeah. Uh, I know you were always a TIE fighter preference. I, the X-Wings, for me, were something else. They are amazing, yeah. So when I got to see you know a squadron of X-Wings surrounding her ship, hitting into our hyperspace, uh, that, was, that was good. I enjoyed that. They arrived, um, something, again, in the first three episodes, on a fairly regular basis, I was saying to you, oh, this is just like episode four. This is just like a new hope in this moment, this moment, this moment. Yeah. And this kind of happened again, but this time with dialogue. So there's um, a piece of dialogue from A New Hope when the X-Wings go up against the Death Star. And you hear one of the pilots say, cut across the axis. Mm-hmm. And once again, we hear that exact dialogue in this episode where they spot the ring and they're going to try and get around the planet and they're going to cut across the axis to get there. Yeah. Um, it's so throw away, blink, yawn, you'll miss it. But to me, there, there just appears to be a lot. There appears to be a hell of a lot of little... Dave Filoni is writing these scripts and Dave Filoni is just like, this would be a great line here. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and having a hell of a lot of fun with it. Uh, like I said, we kind of uh, meet this squadron, meet a few of the pilots in their ships and then they all end up dead. Well, a lot of them anyway. But not our friend. No. No, Carson I survives. I did worry for a slight moment. I was like, you can't bring him in just to kill him off, surely. I did think that would be unbelievably harsh on the audience. Like, Thanks. hey, it's Carson. Oh, bye, Remember Carson. this guy? Well, you're not going to see him again. So, one of the things that happened in the sequel films which sent the fandom into a kind of brain aneurysm, I think they called it the Holden Maneuver, where someone flew a ship in the hyperspace at enemy ships and it blew up the ships what and everyone kind of went if that's what happens if you aim a ship at another one and hit a hyperspace jump why in the hell haven't the why didn't the rebellion do that to the death star 
<laughs> just like line up a load of old freighters, hit it, and just smash the Death Star to pieces. There's no defense. Well, that's true. And it was kind of like this this thing, you know, and they tried to back sell it, and I've read loads of detailed explanations of why that, and I'm sorry, no, sod off. It, it was a stupid thing someone added, and it broke the canon. <laughs> it did. Yeah. It just broke it because then you're like, well, this doesn't make sense. And then they even referenced it and named it a maneuver. And someone said, oh, yeah, but that won't work again. Why? Why won't it work again? You don't have a reason why it won't work again. You're just saying it because you realized it was done. Ryan Johnson, you continue to be a pleb, in my humble opinion. And that is my opinion, just so everyone's aware. Not me um, this time. Yeah, yeah. I don't care. Bring it. I'll I'll, I'll argue with that one to the day is long because that is just ridiculous what they did with that. Yeah. And once again with this, I feel like Dave Filoni is the man coming in behind the sequel trilogy with a big ass brush, trying to retcon and trying to make it all make sense. <laughs> and yeah. so we have this ring. Jumping in the hyperspace, this massive ring with all of these hyperspace engines, and it heads in their direction, and it obviously creates a kind of disruption in space. Now, it doesn't go through the ships, it creates this massive disruption which throws them into each other and stuff. That makes sense to me. <laughs> it would make a ripple, so to speak. Yeah, exactly. That that makes sense. That. Okay, all right, I get that. That that, that this went f- launching through past them. One ship ended up hitting into another, etc., etc. All right, okay, I get you. I do fear that if Dave is taking on this role of trying to make everything in the sequel films make sense, like, oh, yeah, that's always existed because of this, the guy's biting off more than he can chew, in my humble opinion. It's going to be, <laughs> yeah... That is, um, that's quite a job, let's say, if he was to try and but do that. <laughs> the, um, the visuals to that were pretty epic. Agreed. Um, there's something, I think you said it, you loved hyperspace windows uh, in Star Wars. Yeah, it's, there's just something about when anyone hits into hyperspace jump and you kind of, whoosh, and all the stars go past, they all got the flashing lights, it's like, that's like, for me... I think that is one of the best visuals in Star Wars. I know most people cool. say, oh, the lightsaber battles and stuff are the best visuals. <laughs> no, there's something about the, the whoosh of the stars going past as you do a jump. I just love that. So you want less lightsabers, more whooshing. More whooshing. Just just more randomly, more just whooshing. just a whooshing episode, I'll be happy. You know. Well, yeah, that's pretty... I'm going to the shops. <laughs> hey! and, that, and that's all you need, and you're happy. Yeah, he did the whoosh. Yeah. Wow, if all Star Wars fans like like you, Disney be laughing. Um, <laughs> so again, I'm just picking out things now. I want to pick out a droid fight. Now, people will possibly correct me on this, but in live action anyway, I cannot remember seeing two droids, humanoid sort of droids, fighting. Uh, C-3PO slaps R2-D2 on the back of the head once. That's about all I can remember. Yeah, <laughs> genuine. Can you think of any? Because I can. Like, no, <clears throat> not like that. Not not like that was a full on actual throwdown sort of fight. No, I can't remember that. That was that oh, was yeah. awesome to watch though. It it was really well done. 
because I know I'm not looking at. Uh, I know that's not practical effects, is it? That's that's going to be two CGI. So that's two actors probably in the the ping pong ball covered suits. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I'm guessing. Uh, I mean, I could be wrong, but I'm guessing that's what it is. Um. I love the idea of the fact you know, so it's, it's David Tennant that does the voice, isn't it? Yeah. I just love the idea that David Tennant is there covered in the ping pong dots, <clears throat> throwing hands at some like actor. Honestly, not sure if he's done that. I don't know whether it's I, just I think, his I think voice. It's just the voice might sound to it, but yeah. it just makes me laugh in my head. Just David Tennant throwing hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's capable. Um. <clears throat> oh yeah. <laughs> He's Scottish for a start, so it was amazing. There wasn't a headbutt. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I love that. That was, that was a fun thing. Um, like there, there is this ambush at the ship, which he alerts. It was quite a, uh, you know, he alerts them on the ship to what's happening by cutting the power. And I love the kind of Sabine's like, ah, oh, idiot droid, and Ahsoka's like, no, he wouldn't have done that, you know. So Ahsoka's ready to fight. She knows um, instantly something's up. Yeah, yeah, and it's kind of. Again, Padawan versus Master kind of level here. Uh, now, in this ambush, in this fight, which I thought was kind of interesting, and again, I'm going to put it to you to what you think. Okay. Uh, Ahsoka is a Jedi and fights like a Jedi, or was trained as a Jedi, not a Jedi, yeah. but fights like one. Uh, Sabine is currently a Padawan. Uh, she never took her lightsaber out. She fights in this instance very much like a Mandalorian. She's very Mandalorian, isn't she? Like the guns, the rolling and shooting, yeah. the jumping to the side and shots. Yeah. She is very Mandalorian. Roping the one guy, dragging him forward to the lightsaber of Ahsoka. Yeah. Now, they really complemented each other in this fight using their own skill sets that yes. they have. Yeah. We have seen with Mando, Din Djarin, that a Mandalorian, well-trained, wearing their Beskar, can hold their own with Jedi, Sith, or whatever. They can hold their own. Yeah. Why do you think Sabine, therefore, wants to be anything other than a Mandalorian? I mean, because every single person listening to this podcast wishes they were a Jedi. <laughs> I mean, that's the okay. first, like, everyone wants <clears throat> to be a Jedi. However, yeah. um, to, to break it down to like you just said, yeah, a Mandalorian can more than hold their own. They even invented yeah. flamethrowers just to get that bit closer at a Jedi, you know? Yeah, my um, my favourite thing from Mandalorian, I, I've said this before, but I'm going to say it again, is a book on the Mandalorian lore, the Mandalore. And my favourite thing is that they basically invented a gun, which is a shotgun. It fires pellets. And they invented it because they like lightsabers were able to deflect blasts, but if you fire countless metal pellets at them, they can't deflect them. You can't deflect all of you them. Know. Yeah. And I always had this image of like you know deflect this wizard bitch. You know. Oh, very mm. much so. It's something that makes me laugh. We'll get onto it later on at the um, Sabine. Uh, versus in Bayland thing. We'll get onto that later. But yeah, mm. the way she fights in this as a Mandalorian, you're like, that's like, why would you need to be a Jedi? Mm. Considering we know that she's not exactly force sensitive. She she's not uh she's not dripping in midichlorians. No, let's put like, it that she way. She can't move a cup across the table. Like, you know. 
She she did a little force push in this. Um, very tiny. Just kind of moved her hair a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> so, like, so, 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 so just, me, just I'm take like, be a Mandalorian. Yeah. Just, just stick with your Mandalorian and become a badass Mando. I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, the ability to wield the Force as a Mandalorian would be pretty badass. Yeah. Um, now, if we like roll this on now, uh, Ahsoka and Sabine are going off to try and retrieve this map. Yep. Now, one of the things that happens in this episode is Ahsoka makes it abundantly clear to Sabine is like, we go or no one goes. Like, we go and get, you know, Ezra or no one is going to this region of space because we cannot risk Thrawn coming back. Yeah. You know, Ezra literally gave up his life to get rid of this guy because he knew that this guy would turn the war. You know, the rebellion would fail if this guy, Thrawn, was still fighting. And we all know that if he comes back, as he is the heir to the Empire, he will come back and we will be at war again. Yeah. So At that point, did you all, did you instantly at that point go, oh no. Uh, it's interesting the because you... from Sabine, she's like, "Well, of course I know that, of course, yes." And I'm like, "Oh no!" <laughs> I I think I picked up very quickly that this is in a master and apprentice situation, and you are trying to teach her something which Ahsoka struggled with, but obviously Ahsoka's master struggled with the most famously, which is attachment, yeah. and she is attached to Ezra and because she is attached to Ezra that can be manipulated and what I think Ahsoka is trying to say to her earlier in the episode is you cannot allow that attachment like we we cannot allow that attachment to interfere with our mission and I think Sabine's even like you know you're okay with this you know you think that's fine and Ahsoka's like I have to be I I have to be clear-headed about this because you know, yes, of course, I want to save Ezra, but that's one person. Thrawn comes back, millions will die because uh, we'll be back in war. Yeah. Um, millions will die, millions more will suffer. You know, planets fighting again. I'll be back. You know, no, we we can't. It's, it's sacrificing one life for millions isn't isn't math a Jedi can do. So that was the way I kind of took it, and I think. It didn't go the way I thought it was going to go, but it obviously it kind of set it up for, ooh, okay, there's going to be a... Sabine's going to have to make a choice at some point. There, there's, you know, we've set this up now. Uh, but <laughs> as the two of them go running off, um, Wu Yan says, uh, stick together. We will, 30 seconds later, separate. Go get the map. I got this. Yeah. I ain't got shit, Sabine. Now, um, is Sabine possibly the worst Padawan ever? Um, no, <laughs> no, I've seen worse. I, I feel Anakin may have been the worst one. Actually, thinking about it, yeah, when he was when he was like younger, absolute jackass. Um, I with this is so there's two parts to this. So let's deal with the first part. The two of them come across two. You know, it's two v two. So it's two one on one fights. Sabine clearly has a score to settle with someone who stabbed her. And then yep. you've got 
the, the the character which has yielded much debate after three episodes. Who is this? Who could this be? This faceless inquisitor outfit wearing, you know, could it be this character? Could it be this character? Could it be Starkiller? And that was the fun one. That was the that was the theory that a lot of people had a lot of fun with, including me. Yep. And put it out there and caused absolute riots of people like, no, it's not going to be because of this. And other people like, oh, it could be. That's hilarious. That would be great. And that's part of the fun of fear. I don't get why people get so wound up. Like, if you don't agree with it, you don't agree with it. Don't get wound yeah. up by it. You know, it's just, just a fun theory. Just like, oh, no, I don't think that because of this. Great. That's perfect. I like that reply. People just like losing their damn minds over someone else thinking something different to them. It's a very strange thing. But it obviously wasn't Starkiller. No. It wasn't anybody. It would appear that that character was basically conjured by Morgan. Uh, Because when Ahsoka cuts the suit open, just smoke. Dust and smoke comes out and it was like, oh, Thanos just quite, you know. Yeah, it was yeah, weird. God. It was not what I expected at all from it. No, no, not at all. I, I mean, was like, just... imagine now she kills him, he falls to the ground, the helmet comes off, and there's Ezra. Like one of the things we saw online, it'd be like, holy yeah. crap, fallen Jedi, yeah. Ezra's dead. Yeah. Oh my god, it fits. Ah, oh. nope. There, no, there, there's there's just done. loads of there are loads of possibilities there. Uh, yeah. I like the idea now that we've basically just been trolled. <laughs> Yeah. Like, here you go, here's this character here. They're going to drive themselves mental trying to figure out who it is. Yeah. But this would suggest, again, just how powerful Morgan is. Because, you know, she's literally conjured or come up with something as a night sister that was able to hold its own fighting. You know, was able to pilot ships independently. So what the hell was that? Um, yeah, freaky. Yeah, you know, it was... So, that's going to be interesting to find out if that thing's actually dead or whether that thing now reassumes another kind of vessel and away we go again. I, I don't know. So... Well, yeah, yeah. If, it was, if it was like that, it was just made up as a... Like you say, like a, an entity that she's created. Can she now yeah. create another four or five? Yeah, who knows. But... It's going to be interesting. I, I, I hope we get to learn more. I hope that's not just like a, that's never mentioned again. I, I'll be I'll be driving myself insane if that's the case. Uh, but Sabine, like I said, is then fighting, and she's not really doing that. I mean, she's holding her own, but she's certainly not capable of winning that fight on her own. No, and this is the moment <clears throat> that makes me realise I could never be a Jedi. Okay, why is that? There is a Jedi etiquette there that I would just not adhere to. So Ahsoka has just run her saber through the weird entity thing Mm -hmm. and Shin has stopped dead like, oh my God, you've killed him. Oh no, sort of thing. Yeah. And Sabine just kind of stands there and goes, all right, go on, have your moment. Have have your moment and then we'll we'll carry on fighting in a second. Go on, on, get out of your system. You ready? You ready? You think, we fight. You, Me? You no, think in that I'm an arsehole. Stab, slice, you're dead. You won't pay attention. Ha ha ha. Do, do you what? do you think that? Do, yeah, okay, it's something. It, I, I I call I, it the Jedi etiquette. It's something we've seen a few times before. Like see, something I, I, happens, I have this. and the Jedi always freeze. And I'm like, 
shoot them now. Oh, or stab see. them now. And I'm like, why? Why don't you attack them when they're not paying attention? Because it's a fraction of a second. See, I have this conversation with my daughter all the time, right? Because it drives her insane. Oh, She's a lot younger than you, so I tolerate it. <laughs> I'm a grown adult, and I'm still <clears> like, now! Attack! This is, now! This, is, this is TV and a film. Yes. The reality is that pause, that moment, is probably a fraction of a second. It was about six seconds. I timed it. It was about six seconds. Yeah, in in TV, because if they... Because for a dramatic pause, and literally all she does is glance and come back, you're not even going to notice it. So you have to slow it down to show it. It'd be more dramatic if the person opposite them went, Ha! (laughs) No, I don't get it. You looked away. No, <laughs> it's just my thing. But I, uh, I jokingly call it, yeah, the Jedi etiquette. You have to let them have their moment, and then you try and kill them. Whereas me, I just like, looked away. Yeah, dead. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. <clears throat> so yeah, I couldn't be a Jedi. I don't have that. So, etiquette. so here, here's, here's the thing in this moment, which again, I don't really understand. Mm-hmm. Ahsoka knows that the last time Sabine fought this woman, Sabine was nearly killed. Her mission is to stop the map, right? She is literally, a few minutes earlier, told Hu Yang, yeah, we're going to stick together. Of course we will. We're better together. Does she believe in that moment that stopping with both of them fighting this person, that the fight would take so long she'd lose the opportunity to get to the map? Or does she care so little about Sabine in that moment that she's being the Jedi she is like, yeah, okay, well, you're probably going to die, but I need to get to the map. Um, I, I kind of went down the, does she trust Sabine enough to do what needs to be done when she's got to the map? So well, uh, Sabine's, it's like, it's like, I see you, right? Yep. And you, you've just pushed Mike Tyson and called him a, you know, a tattooed face baby girl. And Mike Tyson's taken off his watch and his chains and he's lining up to beat the crap out of you, right? Yeah. And I've got a gun. So I can save you. I can jump across and save you. Or I I know, uh, with the greatest respect to you, by the way, Mike Tyson's going to pulverize you because it's Mike Tyson. But I go, hmm, good luck, mate. <laughs> and run off. Yeah, you got this, I'm sure. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Ahsoka has the ability to jump across with her lightsaber and tie... Like, you know, you're talking about Jedi etiquette and stuff like that. Clone Wars, uh, all of that is, is out the window and stuff like that. I mean, like I've said to you there's an episode where Anakin literally turns his lightsaber on through a guy's head. Yeah. Like, just literally, doom, and then drops him. Like, yeah, he was, you know, he was he was a bad guy. Why does it matter? And Obi-Wan's like, Anakin? <laughs> um, oh, my God, dude. <clears throat> Yeah, that, that was so dark. This is an animated show for kids. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, <clears throat> but, like, in this instance, I refuse to believe Ahsoka couldn't have run across, engaged this person, and then the Mandalorian shot her in the back of the head. Or, between the two of them, taken her out easily yeah. when it was two of them. But she, again, elected to do the mission. She was like, no, I'm being the Jedi here, the responsible Jedi. Um, Sabine, you know, good luck, and runs off. I, I find that a little bit puzzling. 
I found that a little bit like, oh, damn, you know, you literally a minute ago said you're not going to split up. But, okay, all right. So I'm like, okay, I'm working this through. Okay, so earlier you did say we got to do what we got to do. So, damn, okay, all right, Ahsoka, you're, um, you're being a bit of an ice-cold, no-attachment Jedi here. And then again, I went to this well of really overthinking it, of, of course she is. Of course she's pushing herself to be that way, because her master had attachment and fell. Yep. She's a fallen Jedi. So, of course she's pushing herself to be that way. Perhaps that's why she pushed Sabine away in the first place. Perhaps that's why she's not being very friendly to her now, you know, kind of trying to be a bit standoffish, trying to be the Jedi Master she feels she needs to be to avoid Anakin's fate. So, you know, overthought it a bit, but I was like, okay, all right, I'm on board with this. I know where I am. Yeah. Um, and then we've got the confrontation between her and, uh, is it Balan or Baylor? Baylan, I thought. Baylan, Baylan, okay, sorry. And she got the the confrontation with him, and he is the calmest, most Jedi, red lightsaber wielding character we've ever seen. For me, yeah, like a little bit Count Dooku esque, where yes, the lightsaber's red, but he does seem to behave like a Jedi most of the time, and he's definitely got the instincts and the thought process of the Jedi. Yeah. And the way he speaks to her, like, Anakin always spoke very highly of you. Her bitch slap, never mentioned you, bitch. I, I enjoyed. Yeah. I, I felt that was good. Um, yeah, you know, everybody in the Jedi Order knew Anakin Skywalker. Very few survived to see what he became. I thought, ooh. Yeah. Okay. So you know. Because, of course, we established in Obi-Wan of Furious, not many people knew that secret. Not many people knew that who Darth Vader was, but clearly he does. Yes. Um, his character is interesting to me. We're four episodes in. I'm. This episode gives us a little bit more of his kind of like, I'm helping to bring Thrawn back to wreck everything because you have to destroy to create. Clearly, he has got some twisted notion in his mind of creating something better than what is going on in the Jedi, the Sith, and everything. Because I don't think he thinks of himself as a Sith. Uh, I don't know. But what what do you think about him as a character? Because it, to me, he seems that there seems to be some contradictions there. He, I think, is a very, very interesting character. Because, yeah, like you say, yeah. he doesn't strike me as a Darth <clears throat> Balin sort of thing. You know, no. he's not far enough gone to be full Sith. It's kind of like he is literally a Jedi that was given a red crystal, you know. And I have noticed. I have noticed stuff. that um, he's called Lord during this. Morgan yeah. calls him Lord and stuff, which of course ties into Vader and and the Sith. So, yeah, yeah. But, um, I say, yeah, Lord doesn't. Yeah, you know, it's Count Dooku, Darth Maul, Darth Vader. We have have we had a Lord before. Lord Vader. Lord Vader. Darth yeah, he's Vader. called that he's quite called a lot. lot. Yeah, no, you're right. But no, yeah, it's strange. He doesn't he doesn't come across as an instant kind of bad intentions bad guy. The oh, way which he is interesting. To people and everything else and the way that he referenced like we mentioned a couple of episodes ago that it would be sad to to kill a Jedi there's so few left. Exactly, that was such an in- of a, no. of a Sith or something though, so No, Sith are all about absolutes and domination and 
the dark side ruling all, no Jedi left. So that was such an interesting statement. So I wonder if he and his Padawan, maybe, or maybe just him, but the Padawan's being trained by him. Uh, yeah, I, I think if, the Padawan, she strikes me as evil Sith. Like, she but, really strikes me. But she strikes me evil Sith in the same way that Kylo Ren strikes me as evil Sith. Not not so much I'm a bad guy, more I'm a bit of a pissed off teenager. Okay. <laughs> but my my point I we've we've established Morgan clearly has some very strong magic, some very strong kind of impact on people. Yep. Do you think that perhaps she came across this Jedi broken after Order sixty six and is in a way bewitched him? Quite you know, possibly. so he he's thinking everything's independent. He's doing all these things of his own volition because he's got this, you know, vision in his head of what it is. But in reality, she's manipulated him. He thinks he's doing this for the greater good and how. Yeah. But then at the same time, he talks about Grand Admiral, like how he's going to start the war. And yeah. I'm not starting the war, but he's going to start a war. And I'm yeah, like, but that which... sounds more that way and i'm like oh okay yeah is it a morgan has quite literally like brainwashed him because you know he was a like you say he was a jedi that witnessed order 66 happen yeah he is like completely like oh my god i have just watched our own men slaughter my own kind i did did see someone um point out online as well that his armor that he wears looks like clone wars armor like that we saw Anakin Obi Wan wear on a regular basis as Jedi. Yep. I was like, actually, yes, you're right. That does look like that. Um, I don't know. He's a very interesting character. Um, so so sad the actor passed away. So sad, mm. incredibly sad because I, I think the whole Star Wars fandom are kind of loving this guy and and intrigued by this guy and it's such a shame he's not here to enjoy that yeah um, i agree very much but but uh what a beautiful legacy um and i hope i hope it's not too painful for his family to enjoy because it's you know leaving behind something like this you know it'll last forever well yeah um but the fight between ahsoka then and him i i really enjoyed this um, I really enjoyed this because, for me, it had the kind of element of he again acted like a Jedi. She she went to the lightsaber first, and he like <sighs> predictable, you know, like yeah. I think you're like oh this is you know this is so inevitable. This is how it was going to end between us. Almost like this kind of reluctance to actually resort to that resort to violence like he had no interest in it which was kind of very obi-wan-y sort of you know you try and be a diplomat first and talk someone down resort to the saber as a last resort not a exactly not an anakin skywalker first things first lightsaber out yeah which and and he says some stuff about like your former master was just all about death and destruction i see you're the same way like trying to get in her head yeah, and I think he does. I think he does piss her off, because there's a couple of times she she's sort of being very, here's my form, my stance, you know, one or two strikes, okay, here's my new form, and he's doing the same, and it's a bit of a chess match. Yeah, which I enjoyed. I like this aspect of it. I'm like, okay, this is interesting. 
But I think he does manage to piss her off because, because a few she does. Times she strikes with anger. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I think so. Um, I, I think he does manage to get in her head a bit, and the thing that gets to her the most. But the thing that again, this is interesting, is the objectives. He is his objective appears to be defend the map. Yep. He isn't looking to kill. He's looking to defend the map. Yes. She, again, isn't looking to kill, but to get to the map. But then once he gets in her head, there's a few incidents where she absolutely swipes at him, like, launches, where she, okay, yeah, all right, she is trying to kill him now. Yes. But then, then she, like, refocuses back on mission, and she gets to the map, and the thing burns her hand terribly. Yep. And, like, and you're like, oh, crap, like, she's lost one of her, you know. Okay, so she's down on one hand. Um, and then she sees the character arrive in the background, you know, his apprentice, and she immediately thinks Sabine's dead. Yep. And to me, that was so interesting because, again, I felt there was an anger element to what happened next because you see this apprentice get told, go get the map. As she goes towards it, I think there's, I think that's some anger there. I think Ahsoka using the force to pick this apprentice up and launch her into a wall... Yeah, that, it's not like she picked her up and put her down out the way, like, stay away, child. That is a proper no, no you whoa, fuck off. Yeah, that was, yeah. that was, again, that was a little bit of anger and a little bit of kind of shit, I shouldn't be doing this, but I'm pissed off. And then, like, okay, recompose. And then Sabine shows up. Sabine is okay. Yep. But Ahsoka's kind of in this precarious position now. She's got her injured hand, Saber's kind of, thing and Sabine does the sensible thing. She's picked up the map and she's basically holding a blaster to it. Like you let my master go or I'll destroy this. So this at this moment, if we freeze it here, yep. everything in this moment makes sense to me. Yeah. Ahsoka was holding her own, practically winning the fight, got her hand injured, the guy then got on top of the fight. It was 2v1. She thought she lost Sabine. She's, you know, she's a bit reeling in that moment. Sabine then shows up and she's holding a blaster to it to have her master released. And you see him pause because he know his priority is that map. Yep. So he's like, hmm, okay. But in his pause, I think he senses Sabine won't do it. Oh, yeah. And so he attacks Ahsoka, sending her off the cliff. Yeah. Which, by the way, I actually let out a <gasps> noise. Yep. Sabine then again tries to shoot him, but he just deflects it like an absolute boss. Oh, see, that, this is one of the reasons that makes me laugh as well. No one's learned. No one learns lightsabers will deflect them. It's like yeah. a pure anger thing kicks in. It's like, ah, oh, I'm going to shoot you anyway. It's like, come on. Yeah. Stop. Yeah, for a but second. again, <laughs> Mandalorian, use your flamethrower. Yep. You know? Yeah, but anyway, but no, you, know, you are for for that scene. At no point, even when um, Ahsoka is still up there before she gets kicked off, at no yeah. point was I like, "Yeah, Sabine's going to destroy the map." No, no, I agree. There, there was no but, moment like in my head. I'm like, "Ah, oh, Sabine, what are you doing? Like, this is not going to well, go well." Ahsoka told her to do it. Now, I thought when I saw that Sabine's going to choose to hand the map over to save Ahsoka. And then Ahsoka's going to be pissed at her, but Sabine's going to be like, I saved your life for, you know, what the fuck do you yeah. want me to do? 
And I thought that's that's the narrative. That's you know that's why we had that earlier on. And again, that would when, have been a very kind of Anakin and Ahsoka sort of swapping it around. Yeah, Ahsoka would have Ahsoka, done the same thing. Yeah, yeah. And now Ahsoka being booted off the cliff, I'm like, well, there's no way they just killed her off. But there's also no way she she's okay <laughs> right now. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, uh, okay, that's that's not good. And I'm like, my my brain's kind of like. Okay, right. At the end of this episode, we're gonna find her like you know on the beach, sort of a bit busted up, and oh no, you know, right? This is bad. Okay, that's really bad. Now, Sabine, what are you gonna do? Yeah. And the way he talks to her felt to me like the Emperor talking to Anakin. Oh, very, very like, much so. Yeah. It was. Well, you you love your friend. He's he's your only family because your family will kill the man. It's like this guy is reading you. He is literally taking your thoughts, your emotions, and is twisting them. I was going to ask he, you that. Do you think yeah. he had the ability to literally read her mind? Yeah, or... yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he does, because he says about her family being killed in Mandalore. He, he's not done his research on his opponent. He, he is, in that moment, I think when he's got Ahsoka there, he senses, oh, she's not going to do it. Yeah. She won't destroy the map. Okay, Ahsoka gone, right. And then he deflects all the blasts, blasts, and he's just in his head. He's like, "I can get her to hand this over." Yeah, I don't he need, didn't. I don't need to. Yeah, he didn't deflect any of the blasts back at her. No, no, because it might have hit the map by mistake. You know, yeah. <laughs> and he's thinking, if I try and take it from her, I might damage the map. So I, I can get her to hand this over. But here, here's the thing that I find interesting. He does talk her in a hand over. I'm so pissed at Sabine in this moment. Yeah, but <clears throat> this is one of the things I like about Star Wars and good storytelling. I can see both sides. I think she's wrong, but I do understand why she did it. But uh, I mean, she's wrong. Yeah, it, <laughs> it's a it's a proper f- 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 fucking hell yeah. sort of moment. You are you are choosing one life for millions. Yeah. But moreover, you're choosing a life of someone who chose themselves to sacrifice to save millions. Who may actually not still be alive. Yeah, but you're you're undoing his sacrifice. So if yeah. he is alive, how do you think he's gonna feel? Yeah, you know, like, hey Ezra, I found you, you stupid mother. <laughs> you yeah. know that that reunion is not going the way you think it's gonna go. Um, <clears throat> but here again, here's this character, right? He says, "I will not harm you. You will be safe." He takes the map and then she starts to choke, and we see it's his apprentice. And I thought, oh, Sith move. He, I'm not going to harm yeah, you. Yeah, I haven't touched her. She's she's about to kill you. Yeah, <clears throat> but no, he tell no release her. I gave my word. I'm sorry. What? What kind of evil? Si- okay, who are you? What is this guy? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and I'm loving that. I'm loving that. I don't know. I'm loving that. I'm curious of what the hell his motivations are because he does. He takes her in handcuffs. Takes her with him. Yeah. And they do go up to the platform and they jump. <clears throat> but yeah. By the way, the apprentice looks so pissed she doesn't get a killer. Yeah, like I say, Shin is full Sith. Yeah. She's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like she was very much like a, a Darth Vader kind of fangirl. Living her it, best it, life at being a bad guy. And her master see, is like, feels, the master certainly... is like a proper kind of. No, 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 we don't just kill Jedi. She's like, yes, we know. 
Yes, yes, we do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, this one's Mandalorian. Let me snap this one in half. No, naughty little girl. Come on. Yeah. Put the handcuffs on her. We're all going on our journey. Um, he then destroys the map, by the way, and says no one's following us, which I thought, oh, that was a beautiful visual using the saber. Yeah. Uh, like I said, they, they go, they jump off, Sabine's on the ship with them, and they're off to find Thrawn slash Ezra, and away they go. I'm just like, oh, what the fuck? You know, what the hell? Um, Hu Yang's trying to get hold of them. He's like, where are you? I've got the ship working a little bit. Where are you? Where are you? Yeah. Miss Tano, Miss Tano. And then we have her seemingly, and I was like, oh, here's the scene. Here's here's her on the beach, you know, the waves. Man, She's going to be all scene, messed up. That, that visual proper confused me. Just throwing that out there. I'm seeing right, the bottom so, of a cliff. I'm seeing waves. I'm like, Oh my god, you... we're gonna find her like floating in the water or something. She's gonna be messed up. Okay, so you have never seen Rebels. No. In Rebels, we are introduced to a lot of lore to the force and stuff. Yeah. Clone Wars does it as well. Um but in Rebel we learn of a place called the World Between Worlds. Ooh. Um now I don't know if this is exactly where she is, but it does look like this. Okay. Now, uh, again, very simplistic explanation. The world between worlds is kind of like uh, within the force. So it's like gotcha. if if you imagine that you are within the force and the force exists without time. So you are able to view the beginnings of the universe, the end of the universe within this void, this within the force. Wow. Okay. And in the um, in this, there is a moment where Ahsoka. In Rebels, sorry, Ahsoka fights Vader. Very famous episode, very famous scene. Mm -hmm. And you assume, because Vader walks away, that Vader has killed Ahsoka in that episode. And she's not seen again. Okay, so the assumption is she's dead. Okay. However, when Ezra enters the world between worlds, he sees this fight. He's watching it through this kind of like glimmering, (laughs) shimmering mirror. Okay. And and as Vader appears to be lining up a killing blow, Ezra reaches out and drags her into the world between worlds. Oh. And you're like, what the f- what? Now, what's really interesting is if you go back, she then goes back, right? She then goes back to where she came from. Yeah. If you go back to watch the original episode, like a season earlier where she fights Vader. Yeah. At the end, when Vader's walking away. <laughs> You see her. You actually see her walk off herself in the background. Oh, wicked. So so it was planned the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> um, so a uh, brilliant, brilliant storytelling. But this World Between Worlds is like this interesting thing. And I've always wanted them, okay, talk about it. Give us more information. Introduce it to a wider audience. And I think that's where she is. Right, okay, gotcha. The only thing that's confusing me is... Does that mean someone reached and grabbed her then? You know, when she was pushed off the cliff? Or is she dead? Yeah. Now, the reason why I ask is she dead is because Anakin... Okay, so first of all, Anakin is in the episode. Yay! Live action Anakin. Yep. The first live action interaction between Anakin and... Snips. Hello, Snips. Because he says, ah! hey, Snips. There, there was a, There is definitely an element of the Star Wars fandom hearing the words, hey, Snips. 
lost their freaking minds. Yeah. Um, but he then says, oh, I didn't expect to see you so soon. I don't know why, but in my head, that feels like, you know, the spirit in heaven greeting the friend and saying, oh, you know, I didn't think you'd be joining me here so soon. Yeah. And I'm like, shit, she dead. Have they? I'm like, no. Have they? Surely no. not halfway through a season of her own show. Now, don't get me wrong. This is Ahsoka. This is Jedi. This is... She could be a force ghost for the rest. I, I don't know. Like, I, literally, my mind's... And I'm like, no way. But then that would mean that Anakin is in the world between worlds and Anakin grabbed her. Or maybe she is actually on the beach, knocked out, and she's imagining all this. Do you know what I mean? Like, maybe she's hit her head on a rock, and, uh, like, we're going to have some dialogue between these two characters, and then she's going to... General Hera's going to be waking her up, like, hey, you're okay, you're okay, we found you in the water. And she's going to be like, was that real? And did I imagine it? And we, the audience, are going to be like, bloody hell, was it real? Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. But the way he said, I wasn't expecting to see you so soon. And her turning and seeing him and being like, Anakin. And the thing I loved about this, and I think Rosario Dawson, the actress, nailed this. She goes to almost like run to him like, I love, like, I love you, Anakin. Oh my God, it's you. And then completely freezes with that realisation of, it's Anakin. It's Vader. I know what you became. Yeah. And she has this love of, it's you, shit, it's you. And even the music plays the Vader theme as we leave the episode. Mm-hmm. Very slowed down. Yep. Oof. And then That's the, the credits start. And it's like, you, because... <laughs> now, I I want next week to be a bottle episode of these two, okay? Yep. I'd be happy. Give me 20 minutes, 30 minutes. Uh, run time next week. Do what you want, but make it these two. Just give me great acting, great dialogue, great Star Wars. Just give me these two. Yeah. Even if at the end of it, you wake her up and we're like, shit, was it a dream? Give it to me. My fear... <laughs> My fear... Is next week we don't see Ahsoka at all. We don't see Anakin at all. It's all Sabine and what's happening. It's all Sabine and what's happening over there. Now, if you do that to me, David, and I'm calling you David now, not Dave, (laughs) I will find your cowboy hats and I will take the biggest. No, (laughs) I'm, I'm basically everything that's being served up. I've really enjoyed, but to end it like that, that episode. Please, 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 please let the next episode be heavy with those two. Please. Now, you told me, interestingly, uh, as someone posted in our Discord chat for the podcast, for the the Ahsoka thread in our Discord, that they are releasing episode five in cinemas. In the US and in selected international cinemas, apparently, yeah. That's intriguing. So what on earth is happening that is going to be so big that people... I mean, imagine... So everyone's just seen Hayden Christensen returning as Anakin Skywalker for the very end of this episode. They then sell tickets or open up the cinema or however they're going to do it so that you can go and sit in an actual cinema and watch it on the big screen the next episode. 
Everyone yeah. at this point is assuming, oh my gosh, it must be like an Anakin is going to have a heavy part in it. This is what we've been waiting for. Yep. And then they give us the episode, which is purely all Balan, um, Sabine, Shin, Morgan, and Grand Admiral comes oh, in. Yeah. And it's just yeah. all of that instead is like an episode. Can you imagine the fallout yeah. there would be to that? So that's what tells me this next episode is going to be Anakin heavy. Because surely I, they I also do that hope and not. I also hope, therefore, that the runtime is going to be significant because twenty five minutes of the theater, you'd be yeah. pissed. Oh, you'd be livid, wouldn't you? You pay the because they ain't going to make the tickets cheaper. No. Um. So yeah. So that's interesting. Uh, mate, was there anything else from this episode you wanted to cover? I don't think so. No, I think we covered everything I wanted to. Um. There is a lot going on in this show, and, I, and I'm loving it. And I love the fact that people are having theories and throwing stuff around. Keep doing that. Don't let people shout down stuff and get angry. And also, if you're someone who gets angry at someone else who's got a different opinion, think about it. It's just an opinion. It's just people having fun with Star Wars. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, just just enjoy it. It's like, oh, yeah, I don't agree with that one. It doesn't mean you've got to attack the person. You know, they're not stupid. They're just having fun. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so there you go. Um, that is our episode. That is it for this week. Um, thank you all for listening. Um, the listening figures for this show has been insane for us. Um, so yeah, thank you so much, everybody. Um, we will be back next week to discuss episode five. Let us know if you're going to the cinema to watch it. Uh, until then, everybody, you all take care. And may the force be with you. Master? I didn't expect to see you so soon. Thank you for listening to the Stuff and Things podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. You can find us on Facebook or online. Simply search the Stuff and Things podcast to join in our conversation every week.